as long as Liverpool doesn't have to play anyone that's not on the continent, they're fine. There you go. Exactly. It's that, it's all those pesky teams in England. We're a European club, and as I've always said to you, <laughs> the big one, the one that matters. It's the only one that matters. I mean, it's truly the only one that matters. <laughs> as long as it is not played anywhere else in England outside of Anfield, that's what really matters. Yeah, apparently. Duh. <laughs> Fortress Mortress. <laughs> We're a road team now. Well, there's Anfield and there's Europe, which we like to call Anfield on the continent. <laughs> Anywhere else in England, I mean, why do we why would we even like waste our time with that crap? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, you know. I mean, the league is so passe. Right? Like, when you've won it once in 33 years, who needs more than that? It's it's really all you need. You like you know I got my one. Let's let's let somebody else do it. Exactly. You know, I mean, we want City to feel like they truly belong, so we're letting them win a few. Yeah. Like, hey, City, call us in two decades if you ever think you're catching us. <laughs> 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 my life is a comedy <laughs> I laugh so I don't burst out in tears hmm. I don't know if I'm laughing or crying now <laughs> <laughs> you're oh. with this card hmm. <sighs> <sighs> hi everyone oh goodness. Welcome to welcome to the Foreign Fair Podcast. We're doing this, I, I guess. <laughs> sure, why not? Oh man, it's episode four thirty six. Get excited, everyone, because we have soccer to talk about. Um, plenty of uh, Premier League action, of course. We have started the final sprint to the finish of the Champions League, which, as Wes has already mentioned, is truly the only thing that matters anymore. Oh, really. <laughs> If you really think about it, um, oh, it's it's glorious. Um, so we'll talk about that. Uh, only one that matters. Uh, we'll do that. We'll hit the news and notes. We had some uh, some interesting stuff happen in the Premier League this week, and uh, we'll wrap it up as we pimp the athletic, hit the watch for, and then call it a pod. Um, so let's waste no more time. Let's get right to the happens in the Premier League. Forest beat Liverpool one nil. It it. Uh, okay. Uh, I... The warm up for the week. Go ahead. Ed. There you go. It's, it's it's a scrim as we call it here in America. Um, also scrimming, I guess, for Crystal Palace on Saturday. They lose three <laughs> nil to Everton. I, I... Oh, wow. okay. Finally, something that makes sense. Man City beats Brighton and Hove three one. There you go. Irving Allon scored two more goals. Everything, everything is back to being right in the world. Yes, now, now things make sense again. Um, Chelsea and United took turns playing the late, late show as Jorginho thought he had won it after his penalty in the 87th minute, but it was canceled out by the Aegis Casemiro in the 94th minute as United rescued a point at Stamford Bridge 
very big turnaround for them. Um, as they have been, of course, dealing with a lot, and they had a good job of getting that point. Uh, Aston Villa coming out swinging after dismissing Steven Gerrard. 4-0 against Brentford. Oh, it's that it's that recently fired manager bounce that they're getting. Uh, Danny Ings with two goals in the first 15 minutes, and he wasn't even the first scorer for Villa. That's the kind of day it was for Brentford as they got three big points. Uh, Fulham uh, uh, withstand a late Leeds comeback as they win 3-2 on the road. Willian, the eventual winner in the 84th minute. He's alive! Amazing. Um, one of his former teams draws at Southampton 1-1 as Arsenal is unable to increase their lead and keep pace with City. Um, still, still ahead in the current title race, but can only manage one goal against the sieve that is Southampton as they split the points. Uh, Leicester, suddenly buoyant Leicester, beats up on fellow relegation candidate Wolves 4-0. Uh, Tielemans, Barnes, Madison, Vardy all getting on the score sheet. Names that Leicester City fans will definitely want to see picking up more goals going forward. Uh, yeah, the Ca- Jamie, by the way, just yes. the Jamie Vardy had like the moment of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Vardy's coming off a bench to go into the match. He chugs like a 12-ounce Red Bull because, you know, Jamie yeah. Vardy. That's him. Uh, goes onto the pitch, starts howling at the Wolves fans, and then scores his goal and like taunts the Wolves fans on the way out. In like the most Jamie Vardy appearance of all time. I don't know how much longer Jamie Vardy has in the Premier League, but God bless, man. It's God bless him. We we need more Jamie Vardy shit heels. And don't tell his wife any of your secrets, apparently. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ah, I was wrong. We are gonna talk about that story again, I guess. Um, Um uh, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule is Newcastle as they pick up a big win at Tottenham. 2-1 Callum Wilson and Miguel Almoron. The first half scores. Uh, Tottenham tried to make their comeback through Harry Kane in the second half after his 54th minute goal, but could not find an equalizer as they fall. Um, but again, big, big win for Newcastle as this vaults them currently into the top four. And uh, the scary thing is they haven't even started really splashing their blood money around yet. So we'll have to see how that goes. No. Well, they have not. And uh, West Ham, Bournemouth, West Ham wins 2-0. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Kurt Zuma and Saito Banahama with the 92nd minute penalty combined for the goals at the end of each half to give West Ham the 2-0 advantage as they raise up a little bit in the table. Um, Wes, that was the week that was, and for a while we've been kind of like, you know, yeah, you know, things in the Premier League going, you know, pretty much to plan here. And, uh, this week through some <laughs> pretty big spanners in the works of quite a few teams, except for Manchester City, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, so I had kind of forgotten that Liverpool played the early game on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, what did I do after being up for 19 hours the day before? I slept till like eight. As one because does. I'm, because I'm such a shit, right? <laughs> and then by the time I realized they had played, I flipped it on just to see the final whistle and be like, what the hell just happened here? How the hell did we lose one nil? What the shit, man? Um, you go back and you find that like Virgil van Dyke basically should have had a hat trick from set pieces and missed the wall. 
Oh man. This was just, I got to yeah, say weirdly frustrating. This was this was a a vintage AFA podcast Liverpool performance <laughs> uh, that we haven't seen in a very long time where Liverpool has like 70 to 80% possession, has 20 to 30 shots and scores no goals and somehow loses. Just to, to to a to a relegation bound team. Yes, yes. It's not Burnley yeah, this time. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it's, it, they do this every damn year against somebody. What? One year they did against Crystal Palace, and yeah. they did it against Burnley. I think they did it against Burnley a couple of times. Uh, and now Forrest. You know, it's never like, they never do this against, say, uh, you know, well, I was about to say Aston Villa, but I actually think they did it against Aston Villa once, too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah. They never do this against like the mid-table teams. They don't do this like against West Ham, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's always like somebody who's like in nineteenth in the damn league or some shit. Um, man, just frustrating, just frustrating. Uh, the Reds not clinical. Uh, Liverpool have shown major chinks in the armor when going away from home this season. Uh, we were kind of joking at the beginning of the show about um. You know, Fortress Europe for the Reds. But, I mean, even with that, yeah, you know, they went on the road. They won at Rangers, which, yeah, okay. And today, uh, of course, they won at Ajax. But, you know, even you know, they went to Napoli and got just smoked. Yeah. And they're going on the road and they're just getting – it's just not been pretty this season on the road. I can't tell you exactly what it is. Um, but there's definitely something there that's just, it's not clicking. It's not working quite right. Um, and with this stretch I've got coming up, uh, as you know, just about everybody has this crazy stretch coming up before the world cup. Now Liverpool have got to figure out a way to get some points and they got to figure out a way to get some points on the road. Um, one European match left. Uh, it is Napoli coming to Anfield. Liverpool have already advanced in that. Um, so that's not a that that's like not a must win by any means, but those Premier League matches they've got coming up, and one or two of those is on the road. They've got to figure out a way to get some points off of those. Mm-hmm. Certainly, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh nice to see Dean Henderson being his typical uh classic self after the match flipping off Liverpool fans. Oh yeah, that was what a, what a lovely hat he was wearing too. Just yeah, it's like hey, hey Dean, I hate to tell you, but uh, you're still at nineteenth, and you're still on loan again because you know Manchester United doesn't really want you. Yeah, no, God, his stock has fallen so hard. What a douche! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good that's a good summary of it. There you go. That's a really good one. Um. Obviously, though, qu- quite a few matches also going maybe not to form. Uh, again, Everton sh- shockingly showing signs of life. Uh, Tottenham not showing many signs of life as they lose to Newcastle. Um, and Ooh. I mean, we, we did kind of touch on it a little bit. Um, again, more more from the Newcastle point of view, this is a team under Eddie Howe that mm-hmm. is all of a sudden really starting to click. And, and like I kind of mentioned, they haven't really splashed the cat. Like they did go definitely go out and buy some some players this uh, summer transfer window, but they haven't gone nearly to the lengths that you know we've seen from other state run clubs like a City or a PSG and bringing that kind. And I'm 
I don't think, kind of like Arsenal, I don't think they're going to stay in form enough where they finish top four. And by Arsenal, I mean, I don't think they're going to stay in form to win the league. Um, I don't think Newcastle are staying in form to finish top four. But I mean, if they finish even like top six, and all of a sudden that's a more enticing just spot to be in terms of position the table, European football, and a good manager, you throw the money on top of that they can offer. And Newcastle might be a sleeping giant. I mean, we already knew this, but it seems like they're even ahead of schedule, maybe. Big six is becoming the big seven, potentially. Um, I'm going to give Newcastle a lot of credit with the way that they've um, done their business so far. Like you said, a lot of these state runs, they immediately came in. There's the the old story of the first huge splash signing that City made was Robinho. And it was literally like the owners found out, someone in the ownership found out that he was like on his way to sign for United. So they just called his agent and like just threw some ridiculously silly number out. (laughs) And like when Robinho got to the airport in Manchester, he still thought when he got to the airport, he thought he was going to sign for United and they turned around and took him to city instead. And his agent was like, yeah, you're signing here. He's like, Oh, who's this team again? They're like Manchester city. He's like, who are Manchester city? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, 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 you know, crazy to think that that signing did not work out well for them. Weird. Um, yeah, crazy. Right. Um, so I'll give Newcastle some credit. You know, they knew going in, you know, yeah, they're going to be able to offer the big wages, which is going to turn guys' heads. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, players want to know that they're playing for a club that is going to compete for trophies. Because, you know, there's two things in football that guys want. They want the money and they want the trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes you got to kind of differentiate which order guys are doing that in. But if Newcastle, if Newcastle take more of this slow build um, or slower build, I guess we'll say, type approach, I mean, that can only be beneficial for them down the line because maybe they don't end up burdened with four or five just terrible contracts and you know they're they're gonna they're gonna be able to go out next summer and start looking for maybe that next level of player up from what they have now. Probably, I mean, I don't think we're gonna see Mbappe, you know, yeah. up, up in the Toon Army by next summer or anything. Um, but you know, if they're able to, you know, each each recruiting window and each summer. You know, you start shopping maybe in a higher and a higher bracket each time. If they keep hitting on some guys, that's how you build a really good squad. And that's how you start to compete for big trophies. And uh, thus far, Newcastle, they have resisted the urge to just, oh, there's a big name. Let's go buy him. Oh, we could get Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, only a stupid team would do that. <laughs> Yeah, basically they fought the urge to just be Manchester United. So, uh, yeah, good, good on Newcastle. And, um, yeah, you know, Newcastle are one that, as as you and I are both fans of clubs also that are in the top six right now. Uh, and by that we mean, we mean like the big six because um, my, cl- my club's not in the top six at the moment. <laughs> 
Um, but we're going to win Europe, so who cares? Um, you know, I think as fans of clubs in that level, we're kind of like, oh, shit, Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. And we're like that because we've seen the success that City have obviously had. Um, and it's like, God dang it, here comes another one. <laughs> yeah. And just so. to give like a little bit of perspective, like Newcastle did spend a little bit of money this offseason. Um, I'm right. gonna. I have these numbers in front of me in terms of dollars, so forgive me, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but they spent about 150 million on on signings, mm-hmm. not net, but that was that was their their spend. But again, right. you that and that sounds like a lot, but again, in comparison, four spent almost 180 million. Um, Tottenham spent about 186 million. Uh, West Ham spent 200 million. So mm-hmm. when you really and let's not get started on what United and Chelsea spent this year yeah. because oh boy, um. So even even though yes they did they did spend some money but as you I think rightly so as they didn't go for the biggest names and they didn't go way beyond their means as maybe 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 forced have actually done a little bit, um. So yeah I I am very nervous for Newcastle and I do wonder. I mean, we kind of had to do this with the big six and and the number of European spots, but it's going to come become very tough if you're a fan of those big six clubs. If Newcastle makes their way in, you have to start thinking unless unless you're Man City and and, and again their run will eventually come to an end. You know, every every empire falls eventually. Um. When we can hope, I guess. Um, it, 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 you have to start adjusting, I think, your expectations a little bit where it's it's not even so much like, yeah, we can really push to win the league. It's, man, I just, I hope we're getting top four. That's like the hope. And then maybe we can push for a title. But man, it's just like, let, let's see if we can be half of the big seven that gets to the top four. Because that and that becomes a very very scary thought for and then God forbid another team is actually good like we saw Wolves in years past like the Leicester surprise year God forbid if another team pops up and makes it an, a, a race of eight teams or something yeah absolutely I mean because you know there are going to be the say the Leicesters or potentially you know an Aston Villa or mm-hmm. uh, a West Ham or somebody popping up every year or so. Yeah, I mean, you know, and those uh, those European spots are coming at a premium, and of course, you don't want a Europa spot. Yeah, you know, you want to be in the four, and and honestly, you know, not to not to try to prop this uh, proposal up literally an inch, but you can almost see why some of those English clubs were like, "Super eh, League, huh?" I was just thinking about that. Guaranteed European spot, guaranteed money, huh? Mm-hmm. Kind of see where this is a positive. Right. Well, it's a positive for those clubs. Literally, no one else but those right. clubs. But um, but you know, I'm not saying that I advocate for it in the least. But looking at something like this, you can kind of understand what those guys were thinking a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you're. You know, if you are a club like United and you've been struggling to break into the, those top four places and you now see another challenger on the horizon, 
you start thinking about your as as United is want to do your your sponsorship deals and keeping mm-hmm. that money flowing in. A European Super League looks really attractive. So I agree with you. I and I was going to bring that point up. That looks because that looks like a great answer. The question becomes if Newcastle makes their way up and and starts staying up here for a couple years and then this Super League thing comes around again, is it is it a big 7 from the Premier League going to this Super League? Is it 6 and somebody like a Tottenham or a United or a whoever gets dropped out of those six, like what, what happens then? I think the dynamics become so crazy. If, if Newcastle actually, again, they have to be smart because we've seen what money does when you're not United. So they have to be smart, but if they are smart, that is a very scary proposition for those teams. Big time. Something to, uh, Something to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, you know, Newcastle, Newcastle are not going away. I think, I think uh, it's pretty, pretty safe bet to make. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, it is going to be a thing going forward for sure. Um, as we take a look, oops, I think I just deleted the wrong tab there. Let me pull this back up. So I have to pull back up. Oh, no. I need to pull back up the Premier League schedule. Oh no, the Premier League schedule fixtures. Oh my god. Oh Nelly. Um, all right. So I, I don't know. Jesus help us. <laughs> um so your schedule for this weekend, uh, which does start on Saturday, uh 7 30 a.m. You get uh Leicester versus City. That's a big one there. Uh 10 a.m. uh Bournemouth versus Spurs. Brentford versus Wolves, Brighton versus Chelsea, Potter facing his former team, uh, Palace versus Southampton, Newcastle versus Villa, and then at 12.30, it's Fulham versus Everton, and at 2.45, it's Liverpool versus Leeds, um, which I believe is at home for Liverpool, so hey, good for them. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, Arsenal versus Forest at 10 a.m. Let's see if Forest can take down another giant in the second straight week. And then in a match that's usually a lot of fun, 12-15, it's Manchester United versus West Ham. So we'll see how those go. Uh, again, no midweek matches because thankfully, you know, there's, there's, there's Champions League. Um, as for the Premier League table, Arsenal sit, still sitting up uh, by two points over City right now. Uh, Tottenham remain for the moment in third place at 23 points. Newcastle and Chelsea both on 21 United on 20, and Fulham at 18, Liverpool just outside currently the top seven. They do, as other clubs do in the top uh, set here, have a match in hand. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Leicester has climbed out for the moment. They are two points above the other three teams who are all level on nine points. It's Leeds, it's Wolves, it's Forest. This is going to be a bloodbath and some, some high... Uh, caliber names are going to be going down. It's written in the stars. Let's see how much longer Jesse Marsh lasts at Leeds. That's the that's the fun story going forward, I guess. Um, all right, now to the one that matters. It's the Champions League. Oh, uh, oh crap! It's not the League Cup. My bad. 
Oh, no, no, no. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still a few weeks away from that. You know, right right before the oh, World Cup. Um, the big one. The, 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 the big domestic one. That's what we say. Um, so we have started to definitely see some things get locked in here. Uh, as we start in Group A, as Wes alluded to earlier, with Liverpool's 3-0 win over Ajax today. Uh, they clinched a spot in the group stage, or sorry, the knockout stage of the Champions League, uh, as did Napoli with their 3-0 win over Rangers. Uh, those two teams will be meeting next week. Uh, if it's a Napoli win or draw, Napoli will win the group. Uh, if it's a Liverpool win, um, I actually need to look at this. I need to look at tiebreakers. Uh, goal difference in head-to-head. So Liverpool will probably need to win by four. Yeah, because they smoked us in Napoli. Yeah, that was a 4-1 at Napoli win to start the group stage. Um, so yeah. Now, if it's a three-goal win, then it would come down to goals scored. So... Okay. So huh. if it's a three-goal victory... And it's and Liverpool scores more than four, they can win the group. Okay. It's 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 probably not likely Liverpool wins the group. There is a chance, but it's probably not likely. It's gonna it's gonna take some tiebreaker shenanigans to get them through. But Liverpool are definitely going through. Uh that is confirmed. Uh Ajax will need to take care of business against Rangers uh in their final match to make sure they stay in Europa. Uh, they are currently three points up on Rangers, but again, they will need to make sure that nothing weird happens there. Um, quickly over in Group B, uh, Club Bruges did Porto a big time solid today, uh, as they they allowed Porto to kind of score at will, I guess, and just said, "Here, have a four nil win. We're good." We we're going through. That's all we really wanted. <laughs> Go ahead, Porto, score some goals. Uh, so big win for Porto, and that combined with uh, Atletico Madrid, as they had a Yannick Carrasco penalty saved in the final minute, means that Club Bruges and Porto are advancing through. Bruges currently one point up on Porto. Atletico right now probably needs to win their last match or at least get a result to even stay in Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Atletico. They're only one point ahead of Leverkusen at the moment. Yeah, they're in trouble. Oh, boy. Uh, Group C. Big big trouble. Uh, Bayern Munich. They just, they keep their perfect group stage going. And as they've been wont to do in recent years, they just kind of beat up on Barcelona again, 3-0. Uh, Barcelona had an outside chance of maybe trying to get in, uh, but Inter Milan took care of business as well against Victoria Pielsen uh, as they win. And I'll tell you, it's good. It shows some strength from um, Bayern Munich being able to, you know, just make sure they go ahead and roll over the minnows in the group. Mm -hmm. You want to, you want to pad that goal differential just in case. Yeah. It's good for, Against the you know, but, but good for Barca. I mean, they're in a good spot to maybe get into Europa if things fall their way. Um, you know, I mean, obviously that's why you sell off like the next twenty years of the club to get into. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that. But good news, Ed. There's still more parts that they can. There's still more uh, financial levers that they can activate next I'll year. 
fucking love levers. Oh, oh. love. We love levers, and it's um, yeah, it's it's wonderful, man. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, well, thanks to Barcelona's earlier five-one win against Victoria Pilsen to start the group stage, uh, they will they are guaranteed to go through Europa. So don't worry, Barcelona fans, you're not out of Europe completely. Woo! You're going to Europa. Don't don't yeah, don't worry. Uh, quickly to Group D, uh, Tottenham. Oh, Tottenham. Uh, a late comeback uh, from Rodrigo Betancourt's 80th minute goal saw Spurs level things up against Sporting after former Spur Marcus Edwards scored in the 22nd minute. Um, Spurs then thought they had won it with some more late magic as Harry Kane scored in the 95th minute. But after what felt like about three hours of looking at lines on VAR, I guess they determined that Harry Kane was offsides. Which. Jeez, Harry. What are you thinking, Harry Kane? Sure, I guess. Um, not, not, not a thing at all that the uh, the guys from the Netherlands, the referees from the Netherlands, um, Tottenham are are now assured at least Europa League uh, knockout. They still actually lead the group. Uh, if they win their final match, they will win the group. Uh, if they draw their final match, uh, they will most likely finish second. Um. Unless uh, Sporting and, and Frankfurt draw in their final match, uh, then Tottenham would still win the group. Uh, if they lose, they're probably going to Europa. So they will be having to go to Marseille to finish things off. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Tottenham did get a 2-0 victory over Marseille to start the group. So we'll see if they can get another one to end it. Uh, group E, uh, Chelsea, uh, another big win there. Uh, they win 2-1 over Salzburg, thanks to Kai Havertz's 64th-minute goal. Uh, they are now leading the group by three points, and they have qualified for the knockout stage. Um, uh, AC Milan, with a 4-0 win over Zagreb, take second place in the group, and with another win in their final match, can advance. Uh, again, though Salzburg in Milan, it's a, it's a head-to-head matchup. So if uh, Salzburg can still get a win in that one, they will be advancing to the Champions League knockout stage. So big, big stuff in play there. Uh, Group F, uh, Real Madrid, a shock defeat to Leipzig. Leipzig with a big three points in this one. Three, two winners for the German squad. Uh, As they get up to nine points, they're now three points clear of Shakhtar, which means it is very, very likely Leipzig will be going through to the knockout stage. Shakhtar looks doomed to Europa. Um, and if some things go their way, Leipzig might even top the group. Uh, but they'll have to hope that Celtic somehow beats Real Madrid in Madrid, which probably isn't happening. But Leipzig do have to go to Shakhtar, uh, which will be played in Poland, to see who w- goes through second there. Uh, City held goalless for the second straight Champions League match. Uh, means that all day they have qualified along with Dortmund, into the next round, uh, sending Sevilla into Europa. They haven't quite locked up first place yet. Uh, They still do need at least a point uh, in their final match, so see if they can get that. Um, And then Group H, PSG, Benfica, they're going through after Benfica plunged the knife into Juventus' corpse. Four, three winners there. Uh, PSG beating Maccabi Haifa 7-2. And now Juventus and Maccabi Haifa um, level on points 
One of those teams is going to Europa. One of those teams is out. Um, and again, Wes, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. But again, the, the current teams in third place, and a lot of some of these are quite locked in. Ajax, Atletico, Barcelona, Frankfurt, Salzburg, uh, Shakhtar, Sevilla, and Juventus. On name brand, that is a hell of a group to potentially send into the Europa League. Um, but man, and, and again, we've talked about how disappointing some of these teams are, but just now that it's official for a lot of these, that they're doomed to third place, just what an intriguing group stage it's been so far with one week to go. I mean, you think about Atletico, Barcelona, Juventus, those are all three teams that have either won or been in the European cup final, like in the last decade. Oh yeah. And all three of them are out in the group stage. It is um, pretty freaking sweet, if you ask me. I enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Juventus, we've talked about them. This is definitely not a Juventus team of vintage. See, I, I kind of hold Juventus a little differently here than I do Barca and even Atletico. Because those two teams have a shit have had a shit ton of investment into them, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, oh god, why didn't they make it? Where Juventus? Now, don't get me wrong; it's not like Juventus are playing poor here by any means, but um, Juventus just have not. I don't think they had quite the expectations of those other two. Mm-hmm. But I think they still a hundred percent, even even with all the young players that they're playing. I still think they would always believe that they're going to be at least, you know, there with a shot. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it it was a uh, it's just it's been a crazy group stage, and God, we still got another week left to go. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's just been a crazy one. Do you think outside of I guess? Bayern, is there anyone you're kind of looking at right now that you think, oh yeah, this this team could definitely uh, I could definitely see this team in the finals? Well, Ed, I mean, don't make me say it. Oh, of course it's Liverpool. I'm sorry. Because, I mean, it's the only one that matters. Obviously, we're putting every egg into the European basket here. Into the basket of European bosom. Um, no, I'd, God, the holders, Real Madrid, yeah, Madrid are really good. Um, and they just seem like they're built for the same tournament. Um, City, I mean, City have still gotten to be one of your favorites, even though they've never gotten it done. I mean, I would say between the, the two petrol dollar, uh, nation state teams, uh, I would still put my money on City going deeper than PSG. Uh, PSG, while they're doing well on paper right now, man, the the locker room turmoil is kicking up for them. Uh, all kinds of stories coming out of PSG about dysfunction, oh, yeah. uh, about their uh, general manager uh, slash star player uh, Mbappe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just so much going on there. I'll, I'll give it to City. City don't have a lot of distractions, really, at all. So, um, I think City are definitely one of your favorites to go deep. I think Madrid are still in there. 
and, and, and like I said, I, I mean, I say it completely half joking, but man, we we've also said this before, and this is held pretty true over the years. Man, Liverpool are really good when it comes <laughs> to knockout football. <laughs> I mean, you look back a season ago, they played in three knockout competitions. They won one and finished runner-up in the second one. So mm-hmm. um, that's it. That team's going to have to really get their shit straight before that happens this year. But um, I think you still got to give Liverpool kind of an outside shot at it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it looks like it could be Bayern's to lose. Mm-hmm. But of course, we've said that before. So true, absolutely. And again, yes. not maybe not the strongest of group stage opponents. Uh, again, that I know that seems like it's a swipe against Barcelona, but I mean, it's just it's mm-hmm. actually just the truth at this point. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, I I still think Bayern is probably the strongest one, and again, they won't be super challenged in their league, so they can also kind of throw all those eggs in that basket. Um, so I'll be, I'll be interested to see how well they do, um, going forward here. Um, so yeah, that is, that is our uh, Champions League talk again next week, uh, will be the final week of the group stage. I know it seems early. Thank you. Qatar world cup. Uh, I do not that we want, we want to talk about the Europa league really right now. Um, I do just want to mention real quick, uh, they still have two matches left in their things because they will be playing, uh, tomorrow on Thursday when we record this on Wednesday night. Uh, I want to just direct everyone's attention to Group F of the Europa League right now, uh, where it's Feyenoord, Michelin, Lazio, and Sturm Graz, who are currently all sitting on five points. I... Maybe we love it. I don't know that I've ever seen something like that before. This this late into... uh, into a, a group stage thing like this. This is nutty. So I don't care. I, I, I but I, I kind of want both matches to be a draw tomorrow so that everybody goes in the final week with six points. I, I just, oh, I think that would be awesome. I think that would be super, super awesome. Uh, and it would just be so much chaos. So let's, let's hope for it. Knowing, knowing how things go, it won't happen though. Um, all right, let's hit the news and notes. Um, as we say, a wonderful good evening back to you and I, Emery, oh, as he returns to England and Aston Villa, um, as reported by Greg Evans on this week from The Athletic. Uh, you and I, Emery, a serial winner in Europe but with a point to prove in England. Uh, of course, he did very, very well um, uh, at Villarreal. He's done very good in Spain. He's done very good in the Europa League, um, but just could never really get it done at Arsenal. Certainly couldn't get it done at uh, at PSG. So it this is kind of now a return to a, another you know uh, English job. We'll see if he can do a little bit better uh, this time. Of course, he's got a hell of a thing on his hands. Even though Aston Villa just won. Um, they were definitely trending in a bit of the wrong direction under Gerard towards the end here. So it's, it's going to be tough. And again, he's, he's already starting from way behind that said, you know, 
having an entire like six weeks in the middle of your season where you can really get in there after a few matches and try to maybe correct what's wrong after watching them. Maybe that benefits somebody like thing like that. And to a larger point, Wes, I, I thought maybe we'd see a lot of firings uh, during the World Cup. I was going to starting to wonder if maybe we're going to see some firings in the couple weeks leading up to it so that managers can get a sense of their club and then have like the entire break to try and figure out a fix and get them out of whatever funk they're in. So I, I think we might be seeing more of these that uh, that like villages did. But uh, uh, back to Emery, obviously going to be interesting to see if he can do more of what he did in Spain than what he did at Arsenal for for the villains. Uh, yeah, you know, he definitely has something to prove back in the Premier League. Um, he, as you said, he has done well. He's he's like the greatest Europa manager of all time, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but something to prove. Uh, I don't know if it's the world's greatest hire, but you know, whatever they wanted a they want an established coach. They want someone with a little name recognition. They they definitely got an Emery. Oh boy. Oh, oh, oh nah. Good evening. Good evening. So we'll see uh, how he does. So again, he'll have his first match this weekend in charge. Uh, and then, he, uh, again, he will have that entire Gold Cup break to see if he can fix what's plaguing them. Um, I just want to bring up this, uh, this great piece by Alan Shearer this week uh, from The Athletic. And I, I just I want to read it in full here. Um, about the the whole Christian Arrell situation that we we saw last week uh, happen when he left uh, the match early against Tottenham um, and refused to go on as a substitute. So I'm just going to read the article from Mr. Shearer here. Um, From the outset, I should say that Cristiano Ronaldo's recent behavior is totally unacceptable. Showing respect to your teammates, your manager, and your club supporters are amongst the fundamentals in football, and to refuse to come on as a substitute as Eric Ten Hag has confirmed, and retreat to the dressing room with a game still in progress takes a flamethrower to one of the primary dressing room codes. In a team game where the basic principle is that you're all in it together, win or lose, such a display of selfishness and petulance is desperately unprofessional, and it's right that Ronaldo should be disciplined by Manchester United because of it. He was a terrible example to set it, and it's a shame that instead of reflecting on their best performance of the season against Tottenham Hotspur, Ten Hag has been forced to talk about someone who only figured on the periphery. I, I just great article by Shearer. I think he really hit the nail on the head here. And it's good to see a former oh fuck's sake, there's more. <sighs> Alvin, Alvin, Alvin. So for those of you who don't know the bit I'm doing, the name of this article is Ronaldo's actions are inexcusable. But imagine how odd it must feel to see your powers wane. Which means, yes, you you add to like a petulant child, but you know, maybe this one guy has the excuse to act like a petulant child. It is beyond me. And I, I actually usually like what Alan Shearer writes, but it is beyond me how you get to this conclusion. Th- taking Ronaldo's side in this at all, I like. I don't care how many caveats you put in your first two paragraphs. That that's it. Like what I read to you all 
is the the what should have been the entire article, and then it's like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm gonna go play nine at, at the at the course, guys. See ya. Like, how you excuse any of it? And just like, oh, well, can you imagine if you're like the best for so long, and then all of a sudden you're not? Yeah, Alan, it's called getting older. We all do it at some point in our lives. All of us had to face the fact that we're all fucking old and we can't do what we what we could when we were like 21 and none of us were shit heels about it. It's called being an adult. You dick. You did it yourself, Alan Shearer. You got old and ineffective and then retired. That's like, Oh dearest. I, I don't understand why we're carrying the water for Ronaldo in this spot. Like, because Ronaldo has all the pictures. Oh, oh no! Got to be it. Is he like Dan Snyder? Ronaldo is the Dan Snyder of European on the field football. Oh no! Oh no! Um, but yeah. and we'll we'll defend Ronaldo for once. Even he's not that big of a douche. <laughs> I mean, probably. I mean, yeah, I don't know if anyone's as big a douche as Dan <laughs> that's that's very that's a very good point right there. Um, yeah, I just, I I simply can't get behind this idea that and and good to see all the pretty much every commentator uh, in the comments uh, of this article was pretty much saying no, Al Alan, shh, shh, not not no, Alan, no, no. Um, I, I mean, we've seen. A lot, a lot, a lot of players come through and be really, really great. I mean, you know, we saw Sergio Aguero at his as his time started to wane at City because he was becoming a little more effective. And we know how ruthless Pep is. We know he's ruthless, even to someone he probably loves as much as Sergio Aguero. But man, like Aguero didn't act like this. Like, I'm not saying Aguero is, is Ronaldo. But Aguero was massive for that club. And when it was his time to go, he didn't act like a spoiled child about it. He didn't say, you know, pitch a fit about lack of playing time. He just said, you know, I guess I guess this is my time. And I, I guess I got to go somewhere else. And it sucks. But this is if I want to keep playing, I, I got to find it somewhere else because I'm not good enough to be at City right now. And And we've seen so many players like that do that. And so to say but it's okay because Ronaldo's special because he's so good is just so asinine, Wes. Well, you know, if we're not kissing Ronaldo's ass, I mean, what else are we going to do? So, I mean, you bring a fair point. <clears throat> well. I mean, like, how, how could I possibly argue with that? I mean... <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Come on. So, oh, there Jim. There you go, everyone. That's that's your your lovely Alan Shearer article of the week, I guess. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna have a couple more stories here. Um about our wonderful world cup in Qatar. um mm -hmm. first one from omar garrick over at the athletic uh with 
just just a couple great headlines we got in these last two articles here. Uh, drunk fans to be sent to sober zones at Qatar World Cup, says Nasir Al-Qatar. Um, so, because uh, Qatar, obviously, a Muslim nation, and uh, they are not big in the alcohol and the public drunkenness side of things, um, there will be sale of alcohol at the World Cup, um, and it will be in open areas. Um, but apparently there will be things like uh, that if you need to sober up a little bit, you can go to them. And as some people noted in the comments, are sober zones maybe jail? Tough to know. Tough to know. Uh, uh, so that's, that's great. And then on top of that, uh, earlier, I believe it was this week. Um, uh, I, I even texted you this article. This one coming from the website Awful Announcing, uh, as reported by Philip Bupp. Um, Qatar requiring World Cup visitors to download apps researchers consider spyware. Um, and essentially, there's two apps that um, Qatar is making anyone who comes to the country, especially for the World Cup, put on their phone. Uh, one is called Etras, which is a COVID-19 tracking app. Um, however, as I mentioned in the article, what makes it different than other tracking apps is that it was also discovered. It was also discovered that the so this was not put forth by the Qataris. It was just found no. by security researcher uh, mm-hmm. that the app wants the ability to quote read, delete, or change all content on the phone, as well as access to connect to Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, override other apps. And prevent the phone from switching off to sleep mode, along with the ability to make direct calls via your phone and the ability to disable your screen lock. Okay. There's also another app called Haya, which is... Hiya! I feel like a sound uh, link from The Legend of Zelda makes a lot. Uh, It's a general event app that helps people track their World Cup tickets and gives them access to Qatar's free metro system. Um, similar to the other app, it can prevent the phone from switching to sleep mode as well as capture someone's exact location and view network connections. That's in addition to asking for access to share your personal information with almost no restrictions. And when we say ask, we mean you you don't get a choice. It's not really an ask. You just kind of have to do it. Um, Because like your tickets and shit won't work. Yep. Unless you download the app. So people yeah. are suggesting that especially reporters essentially don't take their actual phones to Qatar at this point um, mm-hmm. and maybe just try to get a burner, which can also be a little expensive. Um, Got an expense report that shit in. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, the be- the Beebs will be paying for this one. Um But yeah, this is uh, these two stories. And again, we've had so many stories of how insane and shitty the lead up to this World Cup is. But man, these two stories, the the sober zone joke is kind of funny. And like, I hope it's kind of funny and not actually a a jail cell. Um, But the, the this whole shit with these two apps. Nah, man, nah, miss me with that. This is this is some bad shit they're doing here and i am i'm really 
really concerned about this World Cup now. As as I believe I texted to you, uh, this is this is essentially yeah. go gone from ha ha look at this dumb World Cup to oh god, I'm genuinely afraid for people's security and lives now. So you know, like uh, folks, uh, if you don't want to know the spoiler to the World Cup. Just go ahead and cover your ears now or just fast forward us for about 30 seconds. Because I'm about to give the entire World Cup spoiler because this thing has been such a ramshackle, grease fire pile of shit for like 10 years now building up to this. It, you know, and everybody knows it's going to be horrible. There's human rights offenses. There's, you know... The reporters are being told not to take their phones in. All these things that Ed just talked about. And all these, for all these reasons, like, we already despise this World Cup. This is, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, this is already the worst run World Cup there's ever been. And that includes, like, Uruguay in 1933 or some shit. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be probably the best World Cup on the field we'll ever see because that way FIFA is going to get what they want, which is going to be their showcase. And at the end of the day, we're just going to be so blown away by the football. We're not even going to worry that maybe 100 fans disappeared. But the football is going to be really, really good. I hate how right you are right now, man. And probably the final is going to be like fucking England and Brazil or some shit. Because I mean, honestly, what more could what more could FIFA really want, like ratings wise, than an England Brazil final? Yeah, I have no idea how it will work for them to get there. Oh, and your semifinal, I'm sure, would be like Brazil and Argentina. So. <sighs> Mm -hmm. so just get ready for it it's going to be it's going to go down as probably one of the greatest on the field tournaments ever Uh and it'll just be because now we can just totally whitewash the fact that everything was horrible there yeah Hmm. oh that's depressing Hmm. very very depressing oh yeah can't wait to see some sheet hand the trophy to the champion. So. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be just dynamite. Absolutely <laughs> dynamite. When the sheet hands the trophy to Neymar, it's just gonna be like, my God, th- this is this is the literal bottom of the sport right now. Yeah. Uh... Anyway, that's... But boy, was it entertaining. I... Yeah, this is... This is certainly going to... Of all the World Cups there have ever been, this is certainly going to be one of them. I'll tell you you that right now. Certainly going to be one played in the winners, all I can say. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, that's that's enough from us about that, I guess. Um well that was that was the time where we pimped the Athletic West. What you what you been reading this week? Hopefully hopefully something better than what we just talked about. Hey Jimbo Fisher. Oh god. <laughs> 
Hey, Jimbo Fisher, the wheels falling off at Texas A&M. The answer is yes, they are. Oh, no. Once again, another West Bradshaw spoiler alert. Yes, they are. The wheels <laughs> are falling off at Texas A&M. Am I enjoying every second of it? Yes, I am. Yeah. Oh, me. Remember the old Beatles song, Can't Buy Me Love. Well, you know what? Texas A&M sure as hell has tried, and it has not gone well for them. <laughs> um, yeah, Texas A&M, folks, uh, if, you, if you haven't been following your college football as close as Ed has. Of course. Of course. Um, Texas A&M, preseason number six, I believe. They were preseason number six in the poll, uh, buoyed by the nation's number one recruiting class. And they now sit at, uh, what are they, three and four? Oof. Yeah, I think they're three and four. I don't see the record on here where I was looking, but uh, I'm just going to tell you guys this. It was not what all those boosters thought they were paying for. Oh, no, child. Um, the good news is uh, they can fire Jimbo Fisher. Uh, they'll only owe him $86 million. Oh, that's that's it. Okay, I'm sure they got that lying around. Uh, well, you know, hey, I'm I'm sure we're gonna strike oil somewhere down in Texas sometime soon. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's gonna hit a new oil derrick down there soon, right? Oh. Um, yeah, but it is it is the um, soap opera that keeps on giving. It is the Texas A and M fighting Aggies, and you guys just wait because. Man, when the season ends, transfer portal gonna be popping. Ooh. The rumor mill gonna be fired up. I'm gonna tell you, folks, college football is almost gonna be more interesting. It's almost gonna be more fun in the in the um you know, the off season. And folks, I'm gonna tell you, college football is fun as hell right now. So, um, you know, if you're just completely disgusted with all things Qatar um, and all things uh, World Cup, folks, you don't have to worry about the World Cup if you don't want to. Just watch college football. It's <laughs> just that much damn better. Oh, um, Say a couple other ones real quick. Um, I found this one very interesting. Uh, I've got it saved. I, I started reading just the beginning of it. Um, and uh, I didn't get far into it, but I saved it. The WFL, drunk practice, bounce checks, and the biggest disaster in professional sports. He must have meant to put on there after the 2022 World Cup. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, the World Football League was a former uh, competitor of the NFL uh, back uh, mostly in the, I think the WFL was, that was more like the, the mid to late 70s. Um, it, it was um, kind of in the vein of the ABA and the WHA, um, which if you know your sports history, they, those are kind of like the renegade offshoot leagues of the big leagues. The ABA, of course, the American Basketball Association, the World Hockey Association, um, you know, going up against the bigger established brands. 
fun, crazy shit happened. I think the WFL was before the USFL, which was like, hey, Donald Trump owned the team. So, you know, that shit was fun. Um, and yeah, this is there, there. This is one of my favorite kinds of stories. Just all kinds of uh, all kinds of little tidbits and head scratching, like literally make you out laugh, laugh out loud stories. Um, one of them, just real quick, that uh, caught my eye. The owner of one team borrowed twenty seven thousand dollars from his head coach and then fired the coach the next day. Amazing. I mean, it's just magnificent uh i think it only lasted like maybe a season and a half yeah, yeah. but it, but just the most fun shit of them all so um definitely check that one out and uh then another one uh, if you do want to jump a little bit into some world cup england stars tell life-changing story of how they won the under 17 world cup uh under 17 world cup this happened oh god i guess it's been five six years ago now but this is your Phil Foden, Jaden Sancho, uh, Rian Brewster, uh, Callum Hudson, Adoy, that squad uh, that went, that, that squad that, you know, now are, are the young guns of the Premier League. Um, some have become young guns. Uh, some lost their ammo somewhere along the way, it seems like. Um, but uh, a, a really cool look back at that. That was a really cool tournament when it took place mm-hmm. and it was one of the it, it was a tournament that really gave england a lot of hope going forward because they were like shit man th- this group has been awesome you know maybe they're going to be the ones that can spearhead uh, a, a run at the real world cup and i mean honestly if england can make a run at this world cup they're going to be a few guys off of that team who are going to have a big piece in it so um you know your foden's your uh, Jaden Sancho's. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, those are my stories for the week. All righty. Um, I do have a story that's not from The Athletic this week, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, my story from The Athletic is uh, from Richard Sutcliffe. Uh, meet the EFL club who trains 100 miles from their home ground. Uh, it's a good look at Barrow AFC, the League 2 club, who train 100 miles from their hometown in Cumbria. Um, and it is a deep dive into one of those like super weird things you only kind of find like in the lower levels of uh, of the English Football League. So go check it out. Uh, some very interesting reasons are given and uh, just another one of those quality deep dive story reports that we like to get from The Athletic uh, that you're just not going to find many other places. So go check that one out again. That's from uh, Richard Sutcliffe um, about Barrow AFC. Um, and I'm including this one, even though it's not from the athletic, because I just I want to talk about this story because it makes me it makes me so happy. If Qatar makes me so sad and so frustrated, this story makes me so happy. This comes to us from awfulannouncing.com, as reported by Brandon Contes. <clears throat> I will read you the headline now. Michael Kay compares Yankees' tone-deaf motivational tactics to Lincoln assassination in Epic Rant. Okay. For those of you who don't know uh, and haven't been keeping up with it, the New York Yankees of Major League Baseball uh, just got eliminated from the playoffs again by the Houston Astros. Oh, they gone. In a big 4-0 sweep. 
Uh, they are out. The Astros are going to the World Series, and the Yankees are going home. And just just a reminder for because you know Yankee fans, you can't really tell them a lot. Mm-hmm. I know my dad's one of them. So the Yankees lost for nothing, so they're out of the playoffs. So therefore, they can't win the World Series this year. Correct. That's a very big okay. distinction. Good Even another big deal. distinction because they were um, they lost four nil. Uh, that means that at one point they were down three games to none in the mm-hmm. series. Now, Wes, oh, damn. Oh, damn. can you think of any other time in Major League Baseball history that a team was down three games to none in the American League Championship Series and came back to win all four games? And I even remember some of those games were played in, in New York. Yeah, it was Even, it was it was that Boston Red Sox team. Golly, the Red Sox man, the Yankees sure don't like the Red Sox. Oh, they sure Ooh. don't. That was that was oh, back in two thousand four. That was a little bit of the good old oh. reverse sweepage there. Um, oh yes, wonderful, wonderful time in this world. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, it, it's come out that um, and and not I shouldn't say come out because. The Yankees themselves are putting this information out there. It's not like someone leaked this. Um, they apparently decided to put together a an inspirational video featuring that American League Championship Series to to motivate the Yankees players that yes, they could come back, and apparently even invited Dave Ortiz, one of the key members of that. Red Sox team who had many big hits in that series to speak to them. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. So here, and here's the K quote. If you're thinking, how does Abraham Lincoln factor into this? He says, um, I talked to three players from the 04 team. They were outraged by the fact that their failure was being used as motivation for the 2022 team. How could you do that? It would be like somebody from Lincoln's family and you're trying to teach them about shootings in theaters. to use their dad as an example of how to avoid it. I mean, are you out of your mind? And like, yeah, Aaron Boone is like, oh yeah, we put together a tape of the 04 Red Sox. Oh man, it's, it's just, Ah, 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 like I love it because mm. I hate the Yankees and it's great. Oh yeah, but oh, even yeah. I'm kind of cringing at this, Wes. Like this is just—I I don't see how enough people went, looked at this and was like, "Yeah, no, this is a good idea. This this works. This will work. It'll be it'll be fine, guys." Man, I'll tell you what. Hey guys, here to tell all of you guys about the wonders of democracy. It's Fidel Castro. Wow. Yeah. I, um, man, sometimes I hate the Yankees so much. I love the Yankees. <laughs> oh, this is great. I love the Yankees. And this is, this is just magnificent. They, they give us. This is just absolutely magnificent. Uh, yeah, it's um, the Yankees. The Yankees losing in the playoffs and flaming out when they have um, 
you know, this great regular season, great regular season playing outside the Yankees. They're just wonderful. And then when you, when you add things to it, such as things that get released by the Yankees in the last year, let's think of a few things that the Yankees have released in the last year that have not worked out so well for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this current story that you're talking about, uh, the fact that they decided to release that they lowballed Aaron yeah. Judge. Uh-huh. It's like, we're just going to tell everybody that we lowballed him and be like, look at us, aren't we smart? Uh, and now they're basically going to lose the guy who, um, you know, set the, the – broke and set the new record, which the Yankees seem to think is the most important record in baseball, the American League home run record. Um, yeah. Not not the fact that six other times in baseball that number's been bested by God. No. Uh-huh. It's, it's the New York Yankees. It's all that matters. You know, they let that get out, and now they're going to lose Aaron Judge. Um, and that's going to be a wonderful PR hit for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is – all of this is just – Yummy, yummy, yummy to my tummy. Uh, injected straight into my veins and mainline that shit. Absolutely, my friend. And my God, the only thing that the only thing that would have been better is if David Ortiz and Pedro Martinez had shown up to try and actually inspire the Yankees, <laughs> and had just sat there and gone. <laughs> Look at the rings, bitches! <laughs> this is a 2004 World Series ring. None of you Yankee bitches have one of these. <laughs> Except for Johnny Damon, who we let you take it over like shit for crap. <laughs> oh, man. oh, old Johnny Damon, you and your noodle arm. I love you so much. Oh man, it's great. It's it's just wonderful. Cowboy up, bitches. Cowboy up. Oh, my God. What? what? Was Kevin Millar not available? (laughs) Couldn't get Dave Roberts off short notice. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, please. Dave Roberts Roberts had time on his hands. (laughs) Exactly. Another, uh, another... Another one who uh, I enjoy when there's uh, fantastic regular seasons burn out in the playoffs. Uh, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, that is fantastic. I am, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Oh my goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Um, all right, that is that is going to do it for that. Uh, so let's finish off with the watch for Wes. What you watching in the week that was the week that will be? Um, so uh, we finished um, the the latest season of what we do in the shadows, uh-huh. and I, you know, I told you that, you know, wow, all of a sudden in episode five, it was a it was a ten episode season. Suddenly in episode five, it's like, oh, it, it's almost like the writers were like, man. Maybe we should do something besides like suck this season. <laughs> and dude, the last five episodes were just they were freaking home runs. They were like Aaron Judge in the regular season. <laughs> oh no. When the Yankees were up nine runs and he was oh, swinging no. for the fences. 
in the eighth inning against the uh, Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think of a really bad team. Oh, the Red Sox. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 There we go. Hey, the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, just fantastic. Just fantastic. Um, looks like they're set up for season five coming back. I could not be more excited. Very, very pleased with the turnaround from uh, what we do in the shadows. So, um, good for them. Very good for them. Um, still working on Bob's Burgers. Uh, tonight, I've added a word to my vocabulary, which is squatch, <laughs> which I think I'm probably going to be screaming for quite a while. So, that, I, I enjoy that word. I enjoy what it makes me think of. And, Oh, such an enjoyable television show. Just so um, my I so I didn't watch much like new TV or anything this week, um, but I did see two new trailers um, for some, some mm-hmm. Marvel stuff. Um, one I saw the first trailer for uh, the new the next Ant Man movie, uh, mm-hmm. Quantumania. Um, right. That looks like it's gonna be some fun. I yeah, that, looks, that looks fucking trippy. Yeah, that looks weird. Yeah. And uh and every everyone's favorite conqueror is back, y'all. I can't always I can't I can't wait to see it's been so long since Loki and, and man Lee Majors is God, he had to get jacked for that Creed movie, I guess, because he is he is stacked. He's absolutely stacked. Um and then the other one, oh, the other one. Uh, was for the the Christmas special for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, oh, yeah. oh man the the Kevin Bacon <clears throat> part is is just ah oh, it, it brings me to tears. And and I one name producer Jackie was watching me as as I watched it the first time. She was like, "That was dumb." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly what I want from a Christmas special. I want big dumb fun. It's not." a main part of like the whole MCU or whatever. It's just, it's a dumb Christmas special. It's exactly. Yeah. I want it to be as stupid as possible. It's a, it's going to be a shit ton of Drax and Mantis doing their crazy little funny shit. Yes. <laughs> and I couldn't be more excited because you know what? Those are two characters who those two are like perfect for a little side like just a little side project. Oh yeah. Because you know, now I love Drax. I love Mantis. I don't need two hours of Drax and Mantis like trying to carry a real Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. But you give me a Christmas special with those two just doing their little shenanigans and shit. Oh yeah. That is gonna be magical. And, and where it's gonna be like, you know, it's not gonna like ruin the canon of yeah. you know. No, it's a little Christmas special. They want to make Quill happy because Quill is sad. Yes. And they're going to go to Earth. And that's going to be great. I can't wait. (laughs) Quill is sad because he's not going to get to see the opening of the Mario movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Where he just happens to sound exactly like the lead character. I know, it's so weird. <laughs> Crazy. Um, oh man. Yeah, so I'm 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 big in I am all into that Christmas special now, having seen that trailer. I, I am I am here for it, man. So I can't wait for that. 
Um, and that's my watch for the week. So that is going to do it for episode um, 436 of the Affordable Affair podcast. I uh, want to give a big shout out to all our podcast providers, including Anchor, powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, as well as uh, you can also find us on the social medias on Twitter as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. Email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Um, but that is going to do it for this week. I'll be back next week. We'll wrap up the Champions League group stage. We'll talk about another weekend in the Premier League, see what other kind of wackiness happens there and get into more news and notes as they happen, as we are careening towards Qatar. But Wes, before we get out of here today, anything else you want to add? And another high school football season has come and gone. Oh, goodness. As this week, we wrap up the 2022 high school football game of the week slate. And Ed, for one of the first times in my memory, and you know, I'm a pretty old guy, and I know the Rocky Mountain Northern Nash rivalry. Rocky Mountain Northern Nash will play for the conference championship. Northern Nash undefeated Rocky Mount, the only one-loss team remaining in the conference. So Rocky Mount can go and snatch a piece of that conference title, or Northern could win it outright. Rocky Mount can ruin Northern's um, perfect season. Man, everything is set up. I can't wait for it. By the way, I'll be at Hunt Fike, but I sure can't wait for that Rocky Mountain Northern game. I, I assume this is not a, <laughs> this is not one that could have been. Uh, we can't do the, the two ones. Can't flex. Can't. No, no, because there's only one of me. <laughs> That's true. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. It's it's hard to do two Christmases when there's only one Santa Claus. Oh, that's that's a oh, that's a good point. <sighs> yeah, yeah. My my only other Santa Claus lives in Rockdale, so oh, or in the no. in the Triangle area, so oh. you know, we won't we won't say anything negative about that Santa. But, oh you know, no, he, of course not. He knows, he knows what he's done. Uh so yeah, so yeah, so there's uh, the end of that. <clears throat> um, and then Ed, uh, we we were talking about because of course we're making fun of the Yankees or making fun of the Dodgers, but baseball, man, what a postseason we're having! Uh, I don't think anybody's too shocked that Houston is in the World Series. Uh huh. But Ed, I think there's some definite people going, holy, what the hell for that National League team in there? And I'm going to send you a picture right now of my World Series T-shirt that I've procured. Okay. Uh, because really, this is it, it is where it's at. It's it's the only thing that really matters uh, when this world when it comes to this World Series. That and whatever the hell Kate Upton's going to be wearing because Kate Upton. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, that's ah. that's it. I see. That's it, dog. Oh, yeah. Somehow, I don't know how this has happened over the years. I mean, I guess since David Ortiz retired, I need a new favorite baseball player. And the Red Sox have not exactly <laughs> given me very much to work with. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somehow, I think Bryce Harper's my favorite baseball player. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
Sure. Why the, why the hell not at this point? I think Bryce Harper kind of plays the game with a little bit of that throwback. Uh-huh. But by God, he is also 100% like the new generation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. That damn that damn bomb he hit in, um, in what was it, game five, I guess? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's uh, that's that's what you paid the guy nearly four hundred million dollars to do was hit that home run. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that's why you paid that man. And God, he's had a huge uh, he's had a huge postseason. And oh, yeah. um, I, I'm I, honestly, folks. I mean, it 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 is not the sexiest matchup to me, but I will definitely tune into some World Series because a when Justin Verlander pitches, I'm gonna get to see Kate up at least three to four times. Um, and that always just makes me happy because I love Kate Upton. Why wouldn't I love Kate Upton? And uh, and then I want to watch Bryce Harper hit because Bryce Harper is honestly he is he's what baseball needs. He baseball needs someone who can be polarizing, who is excited, and can be polarizing for the right reasons. He's not polarizing because he's down steroids. Is he this? Is he that? No, he's he's an asshole. <laughs> he is a cocky asshole. That's what makes him polarizing. He is he is polarizing for the good reasons. He's just a cocky asshole who you want to tune in and see can he back up being the cocky asshole? Mm-hmm. And that's I, I love that in baseball. I love that. So uh yeah, Washington National fans, be excited. Yes. You got to see Bryce Harper and Juan Soto in the NLCS. Wasn't that fun? They, they live in vicariously. And yeah, we know Max Scherzer and Trey Turner went out in the in the earlier rounds, but hey, they're in the playoffs too. <laughs> Good job, Nationals. Good job, Nats. You had a hand in the playoffs this year. Ooh, the Nats still ran the National League. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's uh, football and baseball. We and the roll. horrible, horrible World Cup coming up. It's coming, everyone. Just please, please get excited. Please. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Foreign Affairs Podcast. For my Colin Crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thanks so much for joining us here. We'll catch you next week. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Loliga. I know it's like literally Real Madrid's the only one left, but hey, you guys were there at least, and that's worthy of a thumbs up. There you go. <laughs> go win Europa. Oh, man. Can they do it? Can mm. they do it? No. No. <laughs> Oh, unless Sevilla is there.